Hello, 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 Furies, tuning in from your house or your car or the subway, wherever you're queening today. I'm Tara Ani, host of the Furious Femme Radio, a virtual center of rebellion against patriarchy and heteronormative culture. Your rage is welcome in this space. Furious Femme Radio. Furious Femme Radio. Okay, so today I really want to talk about all the systems that we grow up with, systems that tell us what to wear, where to go, how to sit, how to worship, who to worship, how exactly we are going to get into heaven. And I'm here to tell you today that we should shed the system. And I'm not just saying that. Please hear me out. Okay, hear me out. It's like this. If someone puts a collar on you, and religion, and patriarchy, and gender roles are very much collars. You can line them with fur, you can line them with silk, you can do anything that you want to the collar, but the collar is still a collar. And even if you do get comfortable inside of the collar, even if you're like, oh, it, it doesn't chafe too bad, or oh, it doesn't hurt too bad, or something along those lines, if you get accustomed to the color, which in itself is an incredibly, incredibly sad thing. But if you do, if you actually get used to it, you will still feel the color when someone pulls on it. Because you're still working within the system, you see? It is, it's like standing in a room and there's a whole world full outside And still, sitting in this overcrowded room and negotiating with all of these people who are never going to understand your philosophy and ideology and wanting them to accept you. At some point, of course, arguing is incredibly important and debate is so important in activism. It is such an integral part of what we do as feminists, as activists, as, I don't know, as whatever label you put on yourself, whatever type of activist you are, you very well know that we have to debate a lot of times with a lot of people because there is always going to be some or the other douchebag (laughs) who will stand up and be like, oh, oh, women don't have it so bad. Oh, women are not, women are not worse off than men. Women get so many preferences and women get off so easy in crimes. Women are just so women, 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 women. (sighs) And the thing is, I want to engage every one of these assholes. I'm not going to say that I don't because I do. Because I'm like, what the fuck, bitch? You realize that you're literally talking about my rights here, right? And from a male perspective. And men, I mean, if you're an ally, thank you for your support. But that does not mean that you understand our experience because you don't. You don't. You do not understand the female experience in the same way that straight people do not understand the queer experience. And all of them being like this, men being so ignorant about women's issues, it it really pisses me off. And they are so ignorant about women's issues. I cannot even. But what I'm trying to say is if a person does not, does not at at all want to hear your perspective. And you will know this person because there are some people who can be reasoned with and who you can talk to and be like, oh, I mean, this is this is how the thing is for us and this is how the game is rigged for us. It's against us, basically. Some of them will understand 
like they, they might not even support you, but someone might understand. But you realize you do not have to wade through a pool of shit to get to that person. You should not have to do that. You do not owe mankind anything, anything. Just repeat it after me. I do not owe mankind anything. If anything, they owe us for like centuries of oppression and I don't know, child rearing and free labor and every one of those things that no one should be able to, no one should do. And no one would. You realize if it was up to men, if men were the people giving birth, if men were the people rearing children and keeping house, you do realize that they would ask us for money, right? Or at least like some type of transactional favor in some form or the other. But we do it for free. Because that's how we're taught, which is another thing that I want to talk about today, is the fact that there are so many women in this world. And of course, if you are a woman who respects your culture and your traditions, because I'm also the woman who respects culture and tradition, but the thing is culture and tradition are so often used as whips against women. They're so often used to keep women in line. You know, there's a saying in India, it's like, oh, you should not, you should not let her loose. You should not yeah, you should you should not let her get out of the crib. It's it's it doesn't translate well, but it basically means that you should not give freedom to women because they're inevitably gonna turn bad, which is another thing I want to talk about today. Bad women, and this is this grates on me so much. This dichotomy that society has created between bad women and good women on traits that the dominant culture, which is the male culture, has specified for all the femme people is, oh, you have to be obedient, you have to be docile, you have to do what your parents say, you have to wear what society tells you to wear, you should not talk back to elders, you should go to this and this religious ceremony, you should do this and la 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 la, and like a hundred other things. And a woman who doesn't ver- who doesn't live inside of these very very constricting very <laughs> constricting parameters is a bad woman like and this is something that i don't understand is the fact that what is considered bad in a woman like independence if she's independent if she is going out with someone of her choice if she is not going out with someone of her choice but she has still chosen to move out of her house because that is another big thing in our culture in the Indian subcontinent is that you do not move out of your parents house if you are a girl child and of course like I'm not talking about you know going to university and living in like a a communist a commune a com a, a like a a PG housing or anything, but I'm talking about independence, is that women are not encouraged to have it. You go from your father's house to your husband's house, and that's it. Like that is that is like your measure of what it's it's like men always want to keep a leash on you. That's how I read it. It's like when you're in your father's house, your father is the one keeping a leash on you. And when you're in your husband's house, he's the one keeping a leash on you. And I, I just And of course, there are women, there are so many amazing women in the subcontinent and all over the world who are trying to change the system, right? I mean, there are people who are fighting for women's rights, consistently fighting. They're showing up to marches and rallies. They're bringing to light, there are journalists, amazing journalists, bringing to light the issues that plague women. And my problem with this is, And this is a hot take. You don't have to agree with me. You don't have to agree with me. This is another thing. You don't have to agree with everything I say, but just just listen. 
just listen for just one second. Just let go of your presuppositions and listen. So what I'm trying to say is if a system oppresses you, if a system is rigged against you, because we all know that this system that we live in in today's society is made for us by the more dominant culture, which is the male culture, and it is made with their desires of what a femme should be. That is the system. That is the system. It is, they make us the most convenient prey, I guess, as possible. So this system, the system that we live in, the system that has words like kanyadan, which literally means gifting your child, which literally means donating your girl child, not gifting. That's that's not the right word. It's It means donating your child to a man. In a society like this, in a system that is made to benefit rich men, because it is a system made to benefit rich men, you can reject it in its entirety. You can just say, I don't want anything to do with it. You can just say, I don't want anything to do with this cultural practice and this traditional practice. And I know that this is very inconducive and very surrealistic to of an expectation for women who are living in very caged homes. Because I know what it's like to live in a home that is very constricting, to live in an environment where so many things are expected of you and you can't seem to you can't seem to shed them. And I get that. Like in India it's different in India, and I, I suppose in the entire subcontinent, it is very different for women. But if you do have the freedom to make your own choice as to what religion or what tradition or what culture you're going to subscribe to, I say don't subscribe to any. And I know, I know, there's like so many people right now like, oh, how can we do this? How can we do this? It's our culture. It's our tradition. And I'm here to say it's really not. It's really women are just tools that the dominant culture has used for such a long time. We are convenient for them. We're breeders and cleaners and wives and slaves and maids are all, all rolled into one. And no matter how much you try to change the system to fit your needs, and you can try because everyone is out here trying, right? Everyone is out here working and everyone is out here hustling and they're trying to make this bad system, and it is a bad system, work for them. Just don't. Just delete it. Delete it. Delete that app. It's, it's, it, this app is too freaking bugged for us to do anything with it. Like no matter how many times you try to fix this app, no many times you tried, how many times you try to upgrade or update it, or I don't know, do the whole shebang, it is still something that will end up oppressing you because that's how it's made to be in the first place. That is its fundamentals. That is not something that is built upon it. The oppression of women the enslavement of women is built into all of the dominant cultures in the world right now because it's convenient for the strong, not the strong, that is the wrong word, for the majority 
of the seen people. And the seen people are those who are in the more visible of jobs, who are in the more powerful of jobs, so to speak. It is convenient for all of these people to subject women to this kind of life. It is religion, tradition, culture, they're all such convenient political tools. Like if you strip if you strip away every layer of what your religion, your culture, your tradition tells you that women should do, at the core of it, what it comes down to is it's trying to control women. And I know, like, and as I said, you don't have to let go of your cultural practices or your traditional practices or anything of the sort. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. But just think about it. Just think about it. There's so many censors that religion and culture and tradition place on women. So many. So many. They're, it's, it's like they're regulating every single thing about our bodies. They're regulating the way what we eat, even. They're regulating the way we dress. They're regulating who we talk to. It is, it's, at the end of the day, Religion, culture, and tradition are regulating everything about our lives. How we act, how we sit, who we talk to, what who is a bad woman and a good woman, and who deserves more respect. Because we all know that in the Indian subcontinent, caste system is still a thing. And we all know that even though the Constitution has abolished it, not abolished it, but like rendered it inactionable, it is still very much a thing in the lives of our parents, in the lives of people that we grew up with. It is very much real to discriminate on basis of caste, to discriminate on basis of skin color even. Because again, those are things that religion and culture and tradition tell you to do. That is the system that we're trying to fight, right? The same system that oppresses us, oppresses everyone, everyone but rich straight men. Everyone who is not rich or straight or a man is oppressed in this society. Whether you are darker than the whiter Brahmins, whether you are a Muslim, whether you are a, religion minor a religious minority in the Indian subcontinent. And I suppose this is true for everywhere in every part of the world. But this is my experience. I have lived in the subcontinent for like the majority of my life. So of course, I'm going to speak from my experience. But religion, culture, and tradition tell you to sideline and look down upon and maltreat these already sidelined, looked down upon, and maltreated groups of people. It is a vicious cycle. And as I said, no matter how many times you try to be like, oh, this is this and this and this, and this doesn't say this, and that doesn't say this, and this is what it means, this is how it should be interpreted, no matter how many times you try to beautify or uh, like whitewash our culture and tradition and history, Bear in mind that it is a culture, a tradition, a history very much rooted in discrimination. Discrimination is such an integral part of living in the subcontinent. It's there, everyone, someone, you, you're prescribed enemies, basically, from the time you're born. You're prescribed an enemy. If you're, I don't know, if you're rich and Brahmin, then your enemy is already prescribed for you. If you're a minority, your enemy is already prescribed to you, but... As I said, minorities are not 
they're not in a position to fight back the dominant culture because the dominant culture is toxically powerful in India. As we can see, even right now with the CAA going on, with the NRC, with the topic of the NRC going on, the dominant culture is a monopoly, basically. It is, it is, there is no room for arguing with it. There is no room for negotiating with it. There is no room for mediation anymore because the dominant culture is trying very hard, very hard to be good, to look good in the eyes of the wider world, but it's failing miserably. And also, the people who end up protesting against the dominant culture end up dying in cruel ways or disappearing or taking back their statements. And we all know what that's about. We all know who's in power right now. And that is the system. That is the system that we live in. The system that we live in encourages this kind of toxic, dominant culture to oppress the non-dominant cultures, because I'm not going to say submissive cultures. There's no such thing. The non-dominant cultures are viciously suppressed. And this is true for every aspect. I'm, of course, going to talk from a femme perspective and from a queer perspective because I'm a femme person and I'm queer. But it is true. The system that we live in is rigged against us because it wasn't made to benefit us. It wasn't made to fit our requirements. And I think that at the end of the day, that is the thing that all of the people who rule, because, I mean, let's be clear, the people who are leading the nation, and I use that term very loosely, they are kings. They are rulers, like the monarchs of the old times. They are, there is nothing subtle about them ruling either. They're unapologetic about the crimes that they commit. And these people are not going to stop because... And I don't want to bring the evil question into this. I do think that evil, the concept of evil is very subjective. But I also, at the end of the day, do believe that people who think, who are doing something so, so bad, and who think that it's good, who actually, genuinely, in their heart of hearts, believe that what they're doing is good, they are evil, aren't they? I mean, they're like Thanos. And did I just bring Avengers Avengers into politics? I did. I did bring Avengers into politics. And it's true. It's true. The people in power right now are very much Thanos-like. They believe in supremacy of a certain race, of a certain type of lifestyle, of a certain religion, tradition, culture, and it is impacting life in the subcontinent it is impacting everything around us. It's impacting laws. It's impacting the lives of citizens who do not have the privilege of being in the Hindu majority or the straight majority or the male majority. Everyone who is not a Hindu, a high caste Hindu male rich person is suffering in this country right now. There's heinous crimes going on. It's, it's borderline fascist. <clears throat> Borderline, I say borderline, but it is fascistic. And we can't do anything because that is the system. That is the system that we have lived in for the past thousands of years since Aryans came to the country and invaded and ran out the Dravids, Dravidians to the south. 
That is the system that we live in. It is a system that is so intrinsically rigged against us that no matter how much we try to change it, it will always revert back to its fundamentals. It's, you realize it's the DNA. It's the DNA of the system. No matter how much you try to clothe it in a liberal outfit, in its DNA, it is a very conservative, very orthodox, very phonetic system. And people who deviate from orthodox, phonetic systems, from conservative systems, do not survive in this system. They don't because, as I said, the majority is a vicious majority. There is no negotiating with the majority. And the majority has the power, has an, a, an unequivalent amount of power, is exponentially more than all the minorities combined. And you can't change this majority. You see it reflected in every time that you protest against something, every time you even say, interrupt an adult or a conversation going on around you that is that is inconducive to your liberal heart, you see it. You see everyone who has been trained in this, who has been brought up in the system of hate, because hatred is a tool that fascists use very, very cleverly very intelligently it's it's like they exploit the hatred of big men and i say big in a very loose manner again i don't mean big men as in big in the heart i mean big men as in powerful men they take that hatred that powerful people have and they turn it into a tool that they then exploit to further suppress the minorities and we have seen this happening over the past few years, increasingly over the past few years. And I consider myself apolitical. I do not associate with any party in the subcontinent. But at, but at the same time, you, you can't stand on the sidelines for too long, right? Because the current will come to you. Just because they're getting rid of one type of minority right now doesn't mean that they're not going to get rid of other minorities too. They will. They will. They're coming for you. They're coming for the queers. They're coming for femme people who are not conforming to the system that they have set out because we have seen that, haven't we? We have seen the incredible, incredible tolerance that our nation has, that the subcontinent in general has for women being abused, for women being catcalled or being forced to dress a certain type of way or having being acid being thrown on them or I don't know. We live in a culture that is very deeply enmeshed in victim blaming that is very, very incredibly controlling of all the women inside of it. <sighs> what I'm trying to say is this system, it's not going to change no matter how many times you try to paint it in a different light or how many times you try to clothe it as something that looks different from what it is. Because at the end of the day, those are just the, the pieces of clothing that you put on them. They're very sheddable and the, the system will shed them because no one can pretend to be someone that they're not for 
a sustainably long amount of time. No one can do that. I mean, we all know that, right? I mean, queer people all over the world have had doubts about being queer because queer people are minority. It's, it's, it's true. But the system will not work for us. It will not accept us because it isn't made to accept us. So don't try to change the system is what I'm saying. Just take what works for you in the system because there are some aspects of culture and tradition that work for me. And goddess worship, for example, I do not worship any gods, male gods, that is. I do believe in goddess worship. And so I take that part. I take that one part and I create a system of my own. So that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to encourage you to make a system of your own. Make a system that works for you. Don't try to make the current system fit because it won't. It won't. It is, it's a monster. It has grown out of hand. You can't make it fit you. No, you can just take parts of it that you like, that resonate with you as a person, as an individual that resonate with you. It could be something like something as small as a piece of jewelry or some festivals or traditions like uh, tying chilies and lemons outside of your home. Take what works for you and incorporate and invent what you want in a system of your choice. Don't, don't fool yourself into thinking that the collar is anything but a collar because it is very much a collar and it will be there till you shed it. You just gotta, you gotta remove that bitch. Don't think of lining it with fur or silks or like putting ointment on the bruises that it leaves. No, you have to shed the freaking collar. You have to just rip that motherfucker out of your neck. You have to smash it to beats. Smash it to beats. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that. You have to smash it to bits, melt it down into bullet holes, melt it down to bullets and shoot them in the, you know, the system. Not, not literally. I'm not encouraging gun violence. I never do that. But proverbial shooting. <laughs> Realize that the system doesn't work for you. Realize that it never will. Realize that you can't change it. The only way that you win this game is by not playing at all. Just don't play. Don't play. Don't, don't argue with. The next time you see someone being like, oh, men have it harder than women or women are just so whiny and, oh, like, blah, 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 blah. Like, they're, they're privileged and everything. Do not argue with that person. Just be like, oh, you're wrong. Just you're wrong. Do not engage with them. Because, bitch, you don't have to. Just put your power in empowering other women because we need this. There are so many women who are oppressed. Even, even around us, all around us, we have mothers and sisters and aunts and cousins and, I don't know, people around you, people who are your friends, your professors, your teachers. There is a thread of oppression that all of them face instead of arguing with a person from the dominant culture, because dominant cultures will never understand what non-dominant cultures go through. 
they will never understand the non-dominant minorities. They because they never try. They never will try. Why would they try? They ha- they're all powerful in this system. This system works for them. They don't want to change it. And no matter how much you're like, oh, this is what we want, and we we only want these small concessions. They're not going to change this system because giving you your concessions means that they have their privilege, their entitlement taken away from them. So no matter how much, how hard you try to negotiate with all of these powerful people from the dominant culture, they're not going to listen to you. Instead of doing this, empower the women around you. Empower them. Work on them. Tell them, give them the tools to fight the oppression that they face. We have to work it from the inside out. We have to change the system from... By shedding the system, we have to change the system by just saying, oh, this system does not work for me and I'm rejecting it as a whole. Reject the system. Oh my gods, I have said system so many times in this past few, in this rant. Oh my gods. But for real, do not try. Do not do not try to make the system fit you. It won't because the people who are powerful are too powerful. The dominant culture is too dominant. They are not going to give up an inch so that you can have just just a bit more, a bit more. I mean, look at look at the taxes, look at the wealth and luxury tax they put on sanitary pads for goodness sake. I mean, that's some bullshit. That's some like grade A bullshit happening in our country happening in the subcontinent, although I don't know about the neighboring countries' policies on hygiene products, but I don't think they're any different than India's. The dominant culture is not changing. It's it's not going to change because they're too powerful. You just, you have to empower people. Just take that system, take parts of the system that work for you. You create your own system, create a microsystem, and this is something that I encourage every every femme, every queer person on the planet to do. Identify people who are likely to be allies and give them the tools that they need as allies. Identify femmes and queers who need you and give them the tools that they need to combat the situations that they're in because the system is rigged against all of us. It oppresses all of us. It doesn't... It doesn't... If... The dominant culture, if the system is oppressing one minority, you can be sure that the system is going to come after you too because this, because this system is against everything that challenges it. Like all systems, it doesn't want to be challenged. It doesn't want to change. It resists change because the system works for the people in power. It works. It makes life easier for them. Don't think that they don't know your problems. Don't think that the dominant culture isn't aware of what they're putting you through because they're knowingly putting us through this deprivation of rights. They are very much aware of the fact that we face inequalities and injustice because of our gender identification, our gender identity, our gender expression, or our uh, uh, sexual orientation. They know. The dominant culture knows knows what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing when they do things like these. The dominant culture is aware that it's oppressing us. Don't think they're not aware because they're hundred, they're 100% aware. They're even, dare I say, more aware of your oppression than you are. 
but they choose not to do anything about it because it's convenient for them to not do anything about it. It's convenient for the dominant culture to ignore the plight of the minorities because they can then profit off of our work. They can profit off of our labor. They can profit off of our misery. They're not going to change. They're not going to, the system is not going to change because the dominant powerful people do not want it to change. It's not in their best interests. And we all know that the dominant culture doesn't care for anything that's in that's not in its own best interest. So no matter how, how much you try to reframe this argument, how much you try to be like, oh, I am just, I am not trying to take away your rights. I'm trying to take, I'm trying to claim mine. I'm trying to claim my rights as a femme person, as a queer person, as a minority, whatever minority you're from. They're not going to listen because it is inconvenient for them to give up, to give you your rights, to let you have your rights because nobody can give anyone rights. Let's face that. That is the absolute truth. Nobody can give anyone any rights that they don't already have as human beings. And I do very much believe that all human beings should have equal rights, but they're not going to do that. The dominant culture is not going to let us have our power because it is inconvenient for them because then we challenge their power. We challenge the power that they have. So because they don't want the enemies, they don't want to make enemies of us. They're afraid of us, I guess. That is, that I derive some sweet satisfaction from the fact that the dominant culture is so <laughs> terrified of our power that it vilifies us in mainstream media. It it vilifies femmes in power. Like you see that, you see this in mainstream media all the time, especially in Indian mainstream media or like mainstream media from the Indian subcontinent, like Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, Nepal, Bhutan, Maldives. You see this, that, and of course there's exceptions to this. I'm not saying that there are not, but the majority of times, Femmes and queer people who have claimed their power, who have claimed their own sexuality, their own agency, who are like, you are not going to regulate me anymore. I'm not going to allow tradition or religion or culture to regulate my actions, regulate my body, regulate my rights anymore. They're always the villains in the narrative that the mainstream culture puts out. And of course, as I said, there are exceptions. There are people, there are exceptional people who are working on content that is pro-femme and pro-queer people, but the main narrative doesn't change. The mainstream narrative that's going out to billions of people, because we do know that we have billions of people living in our subcontinent, the narrative that goes out to them is very much that any femme person, any queer person who claims their own agency, who who has claimed their own rights and who has emancipated themselves from the system that we live in, the system of patriarchy, the system of the religious system, the caste system. If you choose to not believe in any of these things and you're very vocal about this, you will be presented as a villain. You will be presented as a villain. And as such, the dominant culture takes this hatred that it has, has this seething, because they do hate us. Be, don't, don't make any mistake. The dominant culture hates anything that goes against its own ideology. It hates us with a passion. It hates us with all of its heart. And it takes all of that hatred, all of that toxic hatred that it has inside of it, and it, it spreads that to other such toxic hearts. It makes it so that any woman, any femme person, any queer person, anywhere who claims their own power is seen as an other in the society that they're born in, which is 
very antithetical in my opinion. It is it is also stupid in my opinion. It is hella stupid. But it is what it is. It is what it is. All femmes and queer people are vilified. The people who are, who dare to go against the hyper-religious, the hyper-conservative, the hyper-orthodox, the hyper-regulating body of power that is the dominant cultural system, everyone who does this gets vilified by mainstream media, by the storytellers who are in power right now. Because we all know that storytelling is very much a niche industry, shall we say, in our country. It is very much in our countries, in the subcontinent. It is not something that everyone gets to do. Everyone, and if people make impactful stories, and there are very impactful stories. I loved Sonam Kapoor's Ek Ladki Ko Dekha To Aisa Laga. I loved that. I loved the whole movie. I loved the concept. But they don't get the same coverage as the male you know, the male, the glorified male movies that are all about violence and war and the glorification of machismo, of the male identity, of toxic masculinity. Every machismo movie that we have in the country, I mean, and and there are so, so many of them that we shouldn't have we should not have on our mainstream TV or mainstream media in our theaters, in the cinema halls. There's so many of those, but they get more coverage and they get more love than any impactful story about feminine queer people. <sighs> because that's how the dominant culture makes it. The dominant culture doesn't just censor our voices, it censors our stories. So do not put your energy and power into trying to change the perspective of dominant culture. Instead, put your energy and power into giving people who are oppressed, people like us, people, femmes and queer people, stand beside us instead of against them. Be, be our ally, stand in our army, beside, alongside us, behind us, support us. Don't be against them. Be in support of us. Construct us up. Construct up the people around you who need it because I assure you, your mothers, your aunts, your sisters, your cousins, your femme people all around you, femme people that you can see, they need you. And start with something as small as acknowledgement of their labor for you because your mother labors for you. Do not mistake that. Do not take it for granted. Gender roles and the toxicity that they have perpetuated in our society, the thing that our mothers go through, our aunts, our sisters go through, our femme people go through, is not, don't take it for granted because that is the first step. Just shed your own glasses first. See for yourself that it's wrong first and acknowledge their labor. Tell them, tell them that it isn't a natural state for them because they have been told so many times by men around them that it is natural for them to be subservient, to be obedient, to be docile, to work the house, to be a good wife. Tell them that that's not true. Tell them that you appreciate what they do for you. Tell them that you appreciate the food that they put on your table. Tell them that you appreciate the coffee that they give you in the morning. Tell them that you appreciate them, that you appreciate the work that they put in for you. They don't have to. They don't have to. They do it because they're victims of this society, much more than you and I will ever be because 
we know that we're victims. We know that we're victims and we choose to be survivors. But they have been in this system. They have fed the system for such a long time that it is hard for a lot of them to even comprehend, to see the reality of being a victim, of being inferior because they have been inferior because they've been put in a position of subservience and inferiority by the dominant culture. Correct that first. Correct your mother's perspective of herself first. You empower the femmes and queer people around you. Identify them. It's not that hard. You know you know who they are. You know who the femme and queer, queer people around you are. Empower them. Give them the words that they need to fight their oppression. Give them the power that they need. The next time you see your father or your brother or your niece or any masked person in your life being abusive towards a femme person in your life, you speak the fuck up, bitch. You use your words and you say, this is not going to work in my house. You are not going to speak to my mother like that. You're not going to speak to my friend like that. You're not going to speak with my cousin or my sister or my aunt or any femme person like that. Not in my presence, you're not. You, you use your words. Use your words in defense of us, not in offense of them. Do you understand? I, I don't think I'm saying it right. What I mean to say is put your energy, put your power into making up into constructing constructing us, constructing feminine queer people, put all of your power into making us up instead of tearing them down. Because you realize that even though we are talked about as if we're a minority, as if women, as if femme people are a minority, we are not a minority. We are half the population, well, less than half the population because, you know, femicide, infanticide, female infanticide is a thing in our country because, you know, they'd be like, bitches be like, oh my gosh, she's a girl, she's a girl, how dare we give birth to a girl, bitch, we're gonna kill the fuck out of this girl, and then the, the same bitch, when her grandchild grows up, is gonna be like, oh, I can't find a, a bride for him, and I'm like, bitch, you did this to yourself, why, why are you whining right now, why are you whining to my face right now, just don't even, don't even, get the fuck out of my face. Just speak up. Whenever you see injustice happening around you to feminine queer people, you speak up. Speak up. If it's online, then speak in defense of her. Speak in encouragement of the femme person or the queer person. Do not, do not stand by and watch it happen because that is the way that the system, that the dominant culture grows stronger. That is the way that it feeds off the energy of the people that it oppresses. Don't let that happen. Don't let that happen on your watch. Just protest. Stand up. Be like, bitch, you're not gonna, you're not gonna put down another femme person or queer person while I'm here, bitch. You're that's not gonna happen. So you had better retract your claws or I will fuck your face up. You know, just scare them away. Because that is the only way of doing it with bullies. You you can't reason with them. They're irrational. Scare them the fuck away and then empower the queer femme people around you. Empower them. Empower them. This is so important. And I'm going to repeat this until you have it in your head that you have to empower the femme people around you. You have to empower your mothers, your grandmothers, your sisters, your aunts, your cousins, your nieces, 
every femme person that you have around of you, empower them, empower them, give them the tools that they need to fight their own oppression so that when they now go out and see another femme person being oppressed, another queer person being oppressed or harassed, they then stand up for that person. We keep the chain going. We keep the resistance going. Resist. Do not just stand against them. Stand beside us. Hold our hands and we can make a freaking chain. Resist the culture, the dominant culture. <sighs> okay, I think I'm done for this episode. I'm right now, I'm thinking of uploading like twice monthly. Yeah, so. Like I'm going for 25 to 26 episodes per year. I'm not sure if I can do it. I really want to give myself some breathing room, some because I don't want to just put out content that is just content, just quantity, you know. I want to put out content that is important to me, not just important for the algorithm. I, that is it. <laughs> and I realized that I didn't introduce myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so my name is Tara Ani. I am bisexual, I'm polyamorous, I am a femme person, of course, if you couldn't tell by the rant. I'm a femme person, and uh, I'm brown, which I assume that you are too, if you're listening from the Indian subcontinent. But if you're not, if you're listening from somewhere outside, oh my gods, thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening in. Thank you for being here for so long. And I'm sorry that I didn't introduce myself, but in my defense, this is my first chapter. This is the first chapter of the podcast, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry about my <laughs> about my terrible manners. <laughs> but I'm Tara Ani, and uh, you spell that T A R A and the thing, the back apostrophe thing. I am so I do not have words, do I? And uh, A and I, that is, uh, you can find me on Instagram at t.ara.ani, Taraani. So go follow me, I guess, because that's where you're going to get more content between podcasts. <sighs> that's it, I guess, for the episode. That's it. So stick around. We're going to play... Uh, what are we going to play? We're going to play Nena by one of my favorite singers, Mali. So, yeah. I'll see y'all in a week or two. I guess. Bye. Subscribe me. Subscribe. Subscribe. Subscribe the button. Subscribe the button. Subscribe the button. Click on the subscribe button. Click on the follow button. Click, click. Find me on Spotify. Find me on Apple Podcasts. Find me on Google Podcasts. Find me everywhere the podcast can be found. Please find me. I'm so new at this. Support me. Support me. Support your girl. Do it. Do it right now. Okay. That's it. Bye. Two, one, two. You